0: Now, I have never said anything nasty about my mother-in-law here in this place, have I? You've got to have my back on this one. Um, no, I haven't. I have a lot of respect for Valmay, and it's really uh, a pleasure to have her and her husband, Kevin, my father-in-law, to come and uh, speak to us this morning. So I want to get you guys to give her a big round of applause as she comes and brings us the word.
1: It's very different for me to come to where my daughter is to preach. She tells you I tell her all stories about her, which is true. But um, today I may not do that. I'm not sure. We'll see what God wants to do. I, 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 wanna, I reckon when you come into church, if it doesn't practically hit you, it doesn't work. You know, you can come to church and worship God and work, walk out there and not be changed whatsoever. It is about what happens inside us and a difference we allow God to make. Before we retired, I think it was October and November, Kevin and I, got um, we went to Disneyland. We got um, My sister-in-law rang me up and said, would you come away with us for our birthday and wedding anniversary? I think, wedding anniversary? You know, and all that stuff. And so she was wanting to go, all these places and we were actually down visiting her and she couldn't get anywhere to go and this uh, ad came on the TV and it said you could go to Disneyland for $2,000 or something stupid and I said oh we could go to Disneyland and she went really we could and I looked at her really really weirdly because I already had a week you know like and I said oh, okay, so I went. We went out to Kevin's brothers to stay. And she rings me up. Will you come to Disneyland? I got the best deal. So Kevin and I, for four thousand dollars, went to Disneyland. Accommodation, airfare, three-day pass into Disneyland, one-day pass into Universal Studios. You know, like that's really cheap, isn't it? A flat out doing a holiday like that in Australia. So we went to Disneyland, and. Um, it says it's the happiest place on the earth. Have you, many been to Disneyland? Yeah. If you go to Disneyland, it does catch you like that. It's it is something about it. Anyway, it must have been our last day that we went to Disneyland, the third day, and um, I just I'd been on rides, you know, shoom shoom, you know, the, those through the water. And it's winter over there in October November and you're getting wet and you're doing all that stuff. And it was amazing because, you know, they had two Star Wars rides. And Kevin says, we've been on it twice, twice. Come on, let's go on Star Wars again. I, I don't want to go to Star Wars again. I've been twice. It's absolutely amazing though, I must say. It's like the you're in part of the movie. It, they do some of the latest movie out and you're actually flying in it you're not really glasses and all that jazz but you feel like you're flying in it I tell you it's like amazing hey, come on let's go so I whinged a bit and went in when we finished I whinged even more we came out and oh god. I'm gonna go home and rest. My shoulder is so bad. I told you I shouldn't have gone into this eleventh, this last third ride. I was happy doing two. Why did you make me do three? As if he could actually make me. I did choose in the end. Has anyone done that, Winched. You know, and, and done those things. Well, I was like that. Let's go home, I said. I've had a my shoulder so sorry I can't do anything. So we walked to the front bar and I was whinging and I sat down while he went and do, I'll just sit here and wait for you. So my, my brother and his wife had gone and done something else. They were with us but they'd gone and done something else. Um, and anyway, Kevin was doing something and he, he walked back and I looked at the man next to me and I went, Oh, my goodness me. Because Kevin had just told me it was the happiest place on earth and I shouldn't be whinging anyway. I looked at the man next to me and I went, oh, my shoulder's so sore, and that man has no arms. Oh my goodness, he's got his phone in his toes, he really doesn't have any legs. You know how they have the little feet on those? He's happy as a lark on his little mobile phone with his toes. And I went, and I whinged about my shoulder. sometimes we have to stop and look where we're at. So, you know, the rest of that time, I looked at all the people zooming around Disneyland in wheelchairs with oxygen masks on, as happy as anything. I thought, you know what? I can spoil my own joy. My words can make so much difference. The other person that complained was Paula because I didn't take her with me. (laughs) My brother took his children. I didn't take mine. I said, you can go by yourself another time. Whinge, whinge, whinge. You know, we whinge, don't we? Sometimes. You know what? My shoulder was sore. Come on. I reckon I had a right to whinge. My shoulder was sore. But this man didn't even have any arms. And he was really happy. The reading that we read said that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, the thief, which really refers to Satan. But I might add that Satan really, really, really has great helpers. Did you know that? And usually it's us. Sometimes the words we speak, kill, steal, and destroy. Not just to other people, but to ourselves. Have you ever said we've been robbed? Yeah, like the, I'm sure the cowboys, I think they've been robbed. Now, Kevin is a Parramatta fan. It was before I married him, he was a Parramatta fan. I said to him this morning, because last night, I said to him, oh, my goodness, Parramatta beat cowboys. He was, oh, you're excited about that too? Yeah. There's two here? Yeah. He, you know, Kevin and I have been married 43 years, so he's been a cowboy, oh, cowboy. Um, what are you? A Parramatta supporter all that time. On his sister's wedding, I tell no lie about this bit, she was getting married and, Parramatta was playing St. George, grand final St. George. And you know what? In those days, when that came a draw, you had to play the next week. We're trying to go to a wedding and here's these guys watching the grand final as we're trying to go to a wedding. And it was a draw. And then they had to play next week. Well, that was a waste watching that, wasn't it? They had to do it all over again, all over again. Well, I actually said to him this morning, you know, Kevin, you're you're a a Parramatta supporter, but he's never been to a Parramatta game. You know, like, he's never been to a game where they've played. He doesn't really get... Oh, he gets excited when someone's arguing with him. Like, at Toowoomba, he used to argue with the guy because he was so Broncos mad that you know that Kevin would argue with him you know, guess who won this week yeah you know, tease each other you know so what i'm trying to say is there are supporters and there are supporters aren't there there's passionate and there's like kevin who says he is <laughs> honestly there is you know what there's christians like that they're i'm a christian Really? I can't tell. They're not passionate about God. They don't even know what God does for them and they don't even know what it means. I feel the devil steals there. He comes in and he says one thing he does really well is give us you are no good. Have you been there? You are no good. You are no good. Joshua said to Kevin yesterday, it's so funny. Sometimes he's, um, he sa- said to Kevin, come help me do the Lego, Poppy. And Kevin says to him, I'm no good at doing Lego. I can't do that. Oh, Joshua said, You used to be in the Salvation Army and you used to believe in yourself. What happened? <laughs> Honestly, you know. The devil comes into these little points that really hit us. He steals. We think we're robbed. Then we go and self-pity. Who's ever been there? Oh, self-pity. Like self-pity is really. I had self-pity because I was going to stay home because I was sick. I really have been sick really badly um, yesterday and. This morning I woke up and said, him, you can do the sermon," you know, I was really feeling sorry for myself, lots of self-pity, and all of a sudden kicked myself up the backside. And think, well, what am I doing? I'm allowing the devil to rob or steal, whatever it is. The other thing that he does, kill. Well, he doesn't. He allows us to do the killing sometimes. I believe. You may disagree with this. But he kills our dreams, you know, but we do it. I can never achieve that. I can never get there. I've seen some dreams smash. Kevin and I have actually done rehab. I always say we did rehab. We actually lived on site like, and the detox was there and my house was there and, and we, we um, were the managers at Fairhaven. Um, for a couple of years, we were there until the crisis. Well, we followed June, and she—we didn't. She, we kicked her out. That's right, didn't we, June? We kicked you out. And we were there for the, this period of time. And one of the things that was the biggest thing that I felt was I wish everybody, every Christian, could hear the message that they were hearing about. To believe in themselves, to pick themselves up, to, to know that this is, is what God wants. We left Fairhaven and we went to Canberra and we started a recovery church in Canberra. And uh, we had to start from nothing and build f- um, from a foundation. Well, there was a, a little, I read a little sentence and it says this that sometimes we have miscarriages. Ladies must probably know what that is more than men, but men surely know what that is. You're having something happen. You're having a baby and then it's no longer there. You have a miscarriage. And this guy was talking about sometimes we have dreams. We have really interesting things that we want to do and the next thing it's gone. It's like we've had a miscarriage. It's like what has happened? And sometimes it's because the devil has put into our path something that we take hold of and turn it on us to kill us. This is where we'll talk about Paula. Paula and I are very alike. If you don't know that, we are a bit alike. The Lord told me when she was in the teenage years, Valmay, iron sharpens iron, but you're not supposed to turn it and stab her. You know how... Iron sharpens iron sharpens. come on, you know what it's like. You know when you've got a person and you're arguing with them and they're similar to you, it's like iron sharp. Who wants to get in and oh, hurt them? Don't you any anything you? you like that? Yeah, you do. You know, so how do I do that? I do it because I know their weak spots. I do it because I know my weak spots. I know who I am I know where I'm at I have a a nephew who puts everything on Facebook everything you know like like it's all out there like everything he suffers with anxiety and depression I'm telling you what though he he puts it out there for everyone to see what's happening what's going on and you know what I'm amazed at the number of people that reply to him with positiveness, with words that don't want to kill and destroy. They don't put him down. They tell him, you can do it. Just make it for the hour. Simon, just make it for the hour. Just make it for the day. Just try and believe. Well, he has bounced back up in many, many, many ways. Why? Because someone hasn't said, "You're useless, blah blah blah. you're no good. I don't want to see that on Facebook." He's written a thing on Facebook the other day, and I sometimes I go, "Oh, surely I don't need everything." but he' written something on Facebook the other day, and it said this: "I'm so sorry, everybody, that I've written all of my, my um, emails, probably didn't use the word like garbage." that's used another word, I think. And he put it out there and said, I'm really sorry. Please just don't take any notice of it. I was just amazed that these people wrote back and said, we so love you, Simon. We so care for you. How many of you wish you had friends like that? When you put something out there, when you're hurting, and God showed me very clearly, tell me, Love is iron made to sharpen iron, but love doesn't turn it on. Love encourages. And so the devil uses stealing and killing and destroy. I thought about destroying, and I, I, I really think um, the biggest thing that does in destroying is we lose hope. Has anyone ever lost hope? You know, just, you can lose hope. You can lose hope so badly in some things. Hope is like, what is it? I always forget, the, but hope deferred makes the heart sick, doesn't it? And that's what it says in Proverbs. You know, when you keep hoping and you keep wanting and you keep believing something's going to happen, it's like it destroys you. It destroys me. It destroys what, what is around me because I feel like I'm no good. And so the next verse in that reading that was read to us is, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. One of the things I like about the Bible is that sometimes, you know, like, yeah, I, I, you, I've come, you come to give me life in all its fullness. Well, look where I am. Where are you? And you're like, I don't believe that. Because look at me. And so I thought about, and I've, Kevin and I went to our daughter's church. We live at the Gold Coast and our daughter and her husband, um, he's a pastor at an AOG church. And my grandchildren gra- drag us along quite often. And he's been teaching on faith. And I've, I've heard this before. I've read this before. And I know this too. But he talked about You know where it says, in the second reading, where it says to have faith in God, it actually means have the faith of God. Does that turn you around? Because if I've got to have the faith of God, that is so different to me having faith in God. Because if I have faith in God, whenever I'm feeling down, it's not working, is it? because my feelings get in the way, my attitude gets in the way, my failures get in the way. And I, and I thought, oh, the faith of God. One Easter I was doing the message at Fairhaven, and it was Easter, and it was until I... So we're talking about the cross and what Jesus did for us. And in my head, God was speaking to me as I'm talking. And I'm going, you're wrong, you're wrong. Have you ever told God he's wrong? You're wrong, you're wrong. And God was saying to me, you're teaching them wrong, mate. Now why not? I know what I'm teaching. You know, here's God telling me. And I'm going, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, but After a while, I thought, he said, I want you to tell them this. I'm not telling them that. No way. But if anyone knows me, I will tell them. That is one thing about it. I'm pretty out there in that. Straight, we'll tell them. So in the end, I said, let's, God just told me I'm doing this all wrong, so let's go his way. And I had been saying, on the cross, you, you know, you, like you nail your sins to the cross. Have you ever heard that? You know, let's come. And some Easter, they put their sins on the cross, all the things that have happened. God said to me, you've got to tell them to not, when they nail their sins to the cross, they don't nail it to the cross, they nail it into me. And when they nail it into me, my blood flows out over them and that's what that, how they're cleansed. I, um, I sat there and I think I told them all to go, away after I told him that I was in like wow this is a bit you know the blood of Jesus really does cleanse us but that's so graphic Lord and um, this girl came up to me and said to me Mrs. H I can do that I can believe that God has forgiven me but I haven't forgiven myself how do I do that? Help God. What are you going to say to her? What do you want me to say to her? And I said, Kim, God has cleansed you by the blood. And he says to me to tell you, it's like you putting your hand through a bucket, the bucket of blood and taking it back. He's already covered it. You're taking it back. I saw Kim the other day. For a few years, she busted. For a few years, she went really bad. And then she found the Lord miraculously again. And um, she lives on the coast. And she's now running a... um, She's been in a group where... um, looking after drug addicts and alcoholics and they've just started a church at the uh, Assemblies of God down there and she's just an amazing person and the other day she did a pamper day for all the prostitutes around the Gold Coast. This is this lady that couldn't forgive herself. Now she knows she's forgiven. You see, what happens is when I have faith in God, It's like where I'm at. But if I have the faith of God, if I believe that Christ is in me, the hope of glory, that means his faith is in me. Is that not right? If I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit flows through me, does that not mean that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in me? Whoa! That's pretty exciting. And you're not even excited. But that's pretty exciting. That's really exciting. You should be jumping up. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in me. It lives in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. How exciting is that? And when I make mistakes, I just got to come. God, I need you on my own. I need your faith. I need your grace. I need your love. I need you. You know, sometimes I want to shake people. Not that you'd ever know that. I want to go, do you not know what God says? He loves you. And he doesn't say, why did you wear those pants today? They've got holes in them. does he? And you must probably say that no, I paid a lot of money for them. <laughs> I saw a lady walk out with a pair and I think she paid $200 and I went, oh my goodness for holy pants. You know, but <laughs> holy pants, yes. But you know what? I'm not picking on you. You know that. I like them, okay? Oh, good. But you know what I'm saying? So many of us think that God will only love me when I clean myself up. And God won't love me when I failed. And God won't love me when I make the same mistake over again and again and again and again. And yet he does. Some of us do not know about the power of the Holy Spirit. I read it. I was reading this book. And I was so taken with it, I told my brother. I'm going to, I sent him the thing, buy this on e-book and you should read it, Laurie. And it's so powerful about um, the the word of God and the discipleship. And he's all about, he's partly to blame for all these changes. But, you know, like, so he's so excited about mission. So I said, you should read this. The guy said this. Sometimes some Christians believe There's God, the Father, God, the Son, and then the Holy Bible. But there's God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that changed the disciples. I went to see Risen. Has anyone went to see Risen? Yeah. I went to see Risen. I just couldn't get over these ordinary men that turned the world upside down, that didn't give up and got killed and, and slaughtered, the disciples of Jesus, they were a bit hopeless. They didn't have a real strength within them, in a sense. When the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were changed. They were changed. It's the faith of God that he empowers into us by the power of the Holy Spirit that changes us that creates within us a love that only he can give. The enemy would still steal, kill and destroy. He will come to take, but you don't have to help him. You don't have to help him. There are times when you need to stand up and say, enough is enough. When I pray, sometimes I get a little bit excited. And um, I tell the devil to go and I say, God, I just need you. You need to come here and work in that. It's not like God's going to do exactly what Valmay says. But when he puts something within my heart, he will do. He will answer my prayer. He will hear. The song, um, I know we're not singing it next, but the the song, um, Would You Be Free From Your Burden of Sin, There's Power in the Blood. I often wonder why people like that song. I don't mind it, but I think a lot of non-Christians like it, and I go, you know, that's really interesting. Do they actually know what it means? And that's what God showed me that Easter. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and takes our sins away. It's by his stripes we are healed. It's his blood. When we sing that, do we believe that the power of God in us can set us free from everything that the devil tries to cage us in? Do we believe there's power in the blood? Do we really and truly believe that the blood of Jesus can set us free? Or do we think, as some of us do, sometimes, but God can't love me? Cause. Cause. I've never known God not to reach down to someone that reaches out to them. I've never known him say, you're too bad, go away and come back. He loves them, he brings them through. When when we surrender, I feel that we are not saying, okay, I, you know, surrender can be like this. I've d- done, I'm at the end, or, you know, I don't really want to surrender, but they're going to kill me anyway in, a, in an enemy thing. But surrender to God means I choose to put God first. I choose to let Him be Lord of my life. I choose to let the love of God flow through me. Will you choose? to not let the devil steal, kill and destroy and use you. Will you believe that God wants the most abundant, amazing life for you? Will you believe it? I believe that if Christians were to stand up and let the power of God flow in us, you would see the glory of God flow in this place like never before. Has anybody, and I'll finish with this, I'll finish with this. Has anybody been watching uh, or reading from Canberra, they put out 40 days of um, prayer. Has anyone seen that? Yeah, it's all about the Aboriginals of doing it. 40 days of, of prayer. And they've got Christian Aboriginals, and there's a couple from Townsville that's been on it, on this 40 days. You can get it. It's a Christian thing. The amazing thing about it is reading about the Aboriginals in this. And I listened to a guy today who had a prophetic word, an Aboriginal guy that had amazing prophetic word. He was an 86-year-old and his prayer was abundant. And you know their prayer, every one of them, and they've, they've got 40 on them. There's 40 Aboriginals who are doing this and they're praying for this nation of ours. And they're praying for this nation to come back to God. If you don't know, I can except I left my computer home, my laptop home. Um, I can give you the link. It's an amazing thing to listen to. You can go on YouTube and hear, hear it. And this man spoke about claiming this land for the Lord. I want to say, you need to claim, first of all, your life for the Lord. And claim the land where you are and claim your household. Do not let the devil steal, kill and destroy. Stand and fight. Stand up and fight. I like fight. I like it a lot. When I married Kevin, it was very different. One day I said to him, Kevin, answer me back. And he says, you tell me what you want me to say and I will. I was very frustrated. I grew up in a... It was true. I grew up in a household where we were allowed to, you know, say our feelings and come back. But not everyone does. We have to fight for our nation. We have to fight for our family. But we fight in the name of the Lord. And I was really pleased. If you're prepared to surrender to God and let him touch you, remember as you're coming up to Easter, it's his blood. It's his faith. Let's
2: see.
1: I invite you guys to stand and we're going to sing. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust in him in his presence daily. Let's make this our prayer. And let's walk out of this place knowing that we are surrendering today we're going to make practical changes.
0: If you want to come forward, the the meeting can never be too long that there isn't an offer made to come out the front. If you need to, I find it physically helpful to say, actually, God, I need to get out of my chair and come forward. If I just want to sing that again, and we're not going to drag it out, but if I don't want anyone leaving here and having a terrible week Or this being an opportunity to give your life to God and missing it. If you need to get out of your chair, I invite you to come forward and just kneel. Say, God, I actually just surrender. I completely surrender everything to you. Everything. And I'm believing that what the devil has come to steal, kill and destroy, that you've come to bring life you've come to protect to heal We're going to sing this again and let's make it our commitment and we who already are in relationship with god we surrender again it's a daily surrender sometimes it can be a moment by moment thing surrendering to god i surrender all this is for every person here i surrender Surrender. Sing it again.
1: Let's sing all to Jesus, I surrender. We're gonna go back to verse. just pray where you are, surrender those things, lift them up to Jesus. Father, let your presence just come right now in Jesus' name. Father, just pour out your manifest presence here today that everyone walking out this room can know a fresh touch from you. Father, for those who might need to be introduced to you, who don't know you, help us to do that, Lord, that they will meet Jesus. They will meet the one who loved them enough to die for to give his life so that they can live life in all its fullness. But right now we ask for your Holy Spirit to just flow through this place and touch all of us with a new awareness of your grace and your mercy and your love. Do we stand, Lord God, in your presence? And we pull down the strongholds right now in Jesus' name that would come to kill, steal and destroy. We pull down those strongholds in Jesus' name and we cover with the blood of Jesus and we declare, Lord God, that we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that there is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper, that, Father, you have given to us your kingdom in us, the hope of glory, Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what your word says. So release it to everyone here today. Release it that as they leave here that they will go with rivers of living water throwing out of them. You fill us up, not for us to store, but for us to let you flow out to others. And so right now, Jesus, we thank you because you save us. We thank you because you've redeemed us. We thank you for your love. But Lord God, we pray. Pour in to each one of us a new understanding of who you are. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. A life full, not a life destroyed. A life full of your love and your mercy. And as we take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, we cut off all of those lies that the enemy has said to us. We cut them off. The arrows that he's pushed into your back, we cut them off in the name of Jesus and we declare that right now we know Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. All right.